You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Smart Connect Podcast, the podcast for small to medium sized enterprises. Join your host, Anne Marie Cross, as she interviews business experts and industry thought leaders on best practice initiatives, innovation, and insights to help you grow your business. Now, over to your host. And welcome to another Smart Connect podcast. This is episode 19, featuring business experts and industry thought leaders to help you effectively navigate a constantly changing and disruptive marketplace. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Joining me on today's show is Harvey Bolt. Harvey is from Bolt Commercial Lawyers and is an accredited specialist in business law and one of only 107 appointed by the Law Institute of Victoria. He is a well-rounded and experienced lawyer with over 30 years experience in both South Africa and Australia. Harvey specializes in helping businesses manage risk, which includes advising clients about the necessity for registering trademarks to protect and add value to their business and of course their brand. Now on today's show, Harvey's going to speak about the best practice benchmarks around trademarks and protecting your brand, in particular, the value of trademarks to your business and the dangers in not registering them, what trademarks are and how they differ from business and company names and other types of intellectual property, as well as the basic trademark application process. So welcome to the show, Harvey. Morning, Anne-Marie. How are you? I'm really good. Look, this is an area that I believe many business owners don't recognize the real value of a trademark and therefore leave themselves wide open. Uh, and as you said, dangers in, in not registering them. So right from the top, let's talk about what is a trademark so that we're all on the same page. We know exactly what a trademark is and share some of the reasons why they're so important for us to register them. Yes, Anne-Marie, just uh, from a technical point of view, uh, a trademark is basically a word, a phrase, a letter, a number, movement or a sound or a number of other um, types of logos that are used to distinguish goods or services of one trader from another. And the beauty of that is that that registered trademark gives you the right to use or license or sell those registered goods and services throughout Australia. Mm -hmm. So what it does is it distinguishes you in the marketplace. And you can imagine talking about why they're so important. And the value of them is that, take for example at the high end of town, um, take Nike or Coca-Cola or Google, can you imagine what those trademarks were? Oh, yes. So for example, I can I can actually tell you, uh, Google was valued at uh, about 44 billion US dollars wow. some years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, that was just the trademark. So yeah, obviously smaller businesses, the trademarks aren't that valuable, but they can obviously be a very, very valuable asset in a business. And I can imagine, and we're going to talk in a moment about some of the typical mistakes, because I know as business owners, we're busy in our, in, our, in our work and in our clients and obviously always looking at new business opportunities. We can often put things on the back burner. I'll get to it later or that's not really important for us. But unfortunately, that can end up, uh, if you, particularly if you spend a lot of time and energy in building a really solid brand and you've got this trademark that all of a sudden, hang on, you're not allowed to use that anymore. So let's talk about what are some of the typical mistakes that you see businesses making and what are some of the negative ways that it impacts their business? Well, you've already touched on one of them. Perhaps the most common mistake that I come across is that people have developed that valuable brand or product, 
And they may have been doing that for some years or perhaps just rebranded their business, mm -hmm. but they haven't registered the trademark. So that's the first thing. I mean, they have what's known as an unregistered trademark. Now, you can try and protect that, but it's a re really messy, lengthy and, and time-consuming exercise, and the outcome's not always certain. So uh, the beauty of registering the trademark is that you, you have a much more streamlined process in relation to infringement claims and and, and stopping people basically trading off your name. And it, it, I can imagine if someone comes to you and says, hang on a minute, you're using that phrase or that particular image, or as you said, it's a movement or a sound, you can't use that anymore. And if you've based a whole marketing campaign, a whole brand, a whole product, services around that particular uh, trademark, what you thought was protected, it can be incredibly expensive to have to change and, and pull everything out off the market, so to speak. Yes, and uh, well, I could give you a couple of examples. I've actually had someone recently who's rebranded his business, but unfortunately didn't do the due diligence beforehand and uh, came to see me to get some advice on other things. And I started talking about the trademark and found that there's a, a rather large company with deep pockets out there who's oh. probably going to be coming after them very soon. Uh, so that was the bad news uh, because they, they're not going to sit back and allow their their brand to be... Uh, uh, infringed mm. by by my client. So anyway, fortunately, that is not uh, as bad as it might be. And I suspect that uh, it won't cost my client too much to rebrand. But you can imagine if they'd been trading for 15 or 20 years, and they had yes. a really valuable brand that, that was out there in the marketplace that they hadn't protected. So it's it's that's why it's so important to register it. As you said, that that is something that often will happen. What are some other mistakes? And it really is assumptions that as business owners we're telling ourselves, but in reality we need to stop and really consider by not registering this trademark how we're leaving ourselves wide open. So what are some other mistakes we need to be aware of? The other mistake that people make is that they think they have, if they have a business or a company name registered, then they, they have that IP protection. Now that's not the case. The business name is just up there to, so that someone can search and find out who's actually behind the business name. So it gives you very little if any, IP protection. So that's that's the first misconception that people ne need to you know, get over and make sure that they, they're not relying on the business name or the company name. Uh, I've already touched on people starting up or rebranding their business um, and then finding that someone else has a similar trademark. So the serious consequences of that is that uh, if, if you've not registered the trademark and someone else comes along, they can stop you using it. They can demand mm. that you account for any profits you've made out of using that trademark. And you can imagine that could cost you thousands of dollars. Could I give you an example oh, of, uh, of a situation? Mm. I had a, a situation some years back where a client came in to see me who they had fortunately registered a trademark and they produced these two goods, their goods and goods which were packaged exactly the same that had come in from overseas. Um, unfortunately, the other goods were cheap quality and they were inferior quality and they were being sold for about a third less. So you can imagine how this was damaging their mm. brand in the marketplace. Yes. But what we did was, of course, because we had the trademark registered, we were able to call upon them to, to stop selling the goods. And it involved tens of thousands of, uh, of uh, items which had to be removed from the shelves. Fortunately, uh, the other party realized that they, they were wrong and backed off quickly. But you can imagine the... Uh, the bun fight in court if, if parties oh. get involved in, uh, 
and fighting over things like that. Yes, yes. The other beauty of registering a trademark, of course, is that you can actually get hold of customs and say, look, these goods are coming in uh, from overseas and you can actually prevent uh, people from, they can actually be stopped by customs and prevented from coming into the country. So that's another advantage of having the a, a trademark registered. And as you said, with the uh, client example that you just shared, because they took all of the right steps, and in a moment you're going to talk us through what are some of those steps involved, now that this other brand that was entering the market that was potentially going to damage their brand, they could approach them and say, you need to remove all of that. There was no, no, no tens of thousands of dollars in court and all of that hassle, um, which can sometimes send businesses out of business. So they did the right thing. Let's talk a little bit about, about you've already mentioned that a tr- what a trademark is so it can be as we said a word a phrase a movement or a sound you've talked a little bit about the fact that un- unfortunately there's a misconception that just through registering a business name or a company name your IP is protected you also speak about other areas or other types if you will of intellectual property do you just want to share briefly what are those other types of intellectual property the classic ones involve things like copyright. Now, copyright is not registered um, officially as, as you would with the trademark, but copyright relates to generally what are known as artistic works, or things like uh, books, uh, movie scripts, and that type of thing. Mm. Um, now, and, and you will have seen people asserting their copyright in, in the front of a book, for example, with the little C in a, in a circle, which shows that say, you're telling the world at large that I'm asserting my copyright in that. Now, you don't have to do that because you're all, it's already subject to copyright if it's a, an original artistic work, for example, mm. that you've produced. There, there are things like patents, which are um, very complex and relate to novel inventions. Now, those are it's a very specialized field. I don't deal with that. There are a number of uh, large patent attorneys around uh, in Australia, but there would be four or five highly specialized firms who specialize in patents. It's a very mm-hmm. highly specialized field. Those are the, the obvious ones that's uh, come to mind, but there are others such mm. as uh, plant breeders' rights and designs. So, for example, a design might be a specific design in relation to a product that you have produced. And you can have a product having a combination of different types of IP. So, for example, a, a new game that you might have developed where you would have um, the name which would be subject to a trademark, uh, the actual rules of the game might be uh, copyrighted, uh, the design of the board may be subject to copyright as well. So there could be various different types of intellectual property involved mm. in that that one specific product. Yeah, and, and you will have heard me mention brands and products. So for example, a company uh, might want to trademark its brand, and Coca-Cola for example might be a classic there. but there may be a whole lot of other products that it produces and those products would each would probably each need protection as well. So mm. you could end up with a number of trademarks for for a whole lot of different products. Yes. Thank you for explaining that because, uh, as you mentioned, with writing, and a lot of people do write blog posts, articles, and as you said, books too, um, and typically we, they'll put the, the C there and then that that's, as you said, protected under copyright. So some people may assume that since I'm using this phrase or since I'm using this 
thing, this, you know, design or word or phrase, as you said, movement and sound, that we're using it just as part of our business and our day-to-day operations, they may assume that just like copyrighted material, written word, that it is protected. But what you've just said uh, to us that, no, we really need to register our trademarks because we don't want to find ourselves down the track having built this great brand, having this great trademark, and then having to to pull it off the shelf. So thank you for sharing that because, again, that could be a misconception that we covered under the the standard copyright uh, as well. Let's talk about then some of the best practice benchmarks when it comes to trademark application, the process, things that we need to know so that uh, when we do want to then approach and and get a trademark uh, registered, that we know the right steps. And of course, we're going to share with everybody, Harvey, at the end of uh, today's interview, how they can get in contact with you, because sometimes there are questions that that, that come up and certainly uh, tapping in and getting the support of someone such as yourself, who's an expert in this, can certainly uh, benefit our business. So what are some of the steps we need to be aware of? Sure. Well, I, I'll deal with, perhaps I can deal with the actual process at the end, but just keeping in mind the, the benchmarks that I would, when you're doing a sort of risk assessment, if I can call it that, of yes. your IP, the first thing I think obviously you need to do is identify what valuable brands or products you have in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can obviously sit down and uh, speak to someone such as myself to see how best you're going to uh, register that trademark. And it's important to to get that advice because people will um, assume that they they let's take a simple example. If you were calling yourself Fred's Flowers, now there's not much distinctiveness in that. I mean, Fred is a common name. Flowers is a, is a very generic word. You're not going to be able to trademark that easily. But if you were to put a logo with it, then um, is, that would probably give it the distinctiveness that you require to be able to trademark. So those are the kind of things you need to be aware of. Mm. Once you've done that, once you've identified your valuable brands or products or, or how you'd like to rep, perhaps represent them, then then searches need to be done via uh, IP Australia, business company name searches, domain name searches, a whole range of other searches through Google, LinkedIn, other social media to see whether there are any other businesses out there using similar names because they are your potential competitors or, or, of course, may have already registered trademarks, which you would clash with. So that's the second step. And and once you can do that, uh, those searches yourself, but generally people don't know quite where to look. So you would normally need someone such as myself to help you with those. Mm-hmm. As a, The third step, as I say, once you've found out what other potential competitors are out there or other businesses are out there, do do some due diligence on uh, on them, and I and I work with, for example, business consultants who often will will approach me and say, Harvey, I've actually done the due diligence, and this company is a one man show trading in uh, Darwin, and uh, my co- client wants to trademark, and you then do further due diligence and find that they're not really a competitor to your client, so that's you're probably going to be able to register the trademark without much difficulty. And it's at that stage that you also, as I say, would decide whether you need to tweak your your trademark so that it is more distinctive and more likely to be acceptable to, to IP Australia for registration purposes. And the reason because of that, if I can jump in, is because there's different categories that you can register your trademark in. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm. There are there are 45 different categories uh, of goods and services. So when you register them, you will look at what are your most 
specific what, what areas you want protection in um, and you will register in one or more of those categories mm -hmm. and uh, so and it, typically in my experience people register in between one and three different categories so there's 34 classes of goods and there are 11 classes of services you will describe how you want your your trademark with described within those different categories that's how it works yeah. for those different classes great great if I can, Pat, would you like me to just deal very basically with the process itself? Well, you mentioned that we need to really identify the valuable um, assets that we have. So our brands, you know, and products and things like that. Yes. Then we need to search, do due diligence. Are there any other steps that you recommend um, that, that we do or those really cover what needs to be done and then you want to then work through the, um, the, the basic application process? Are there any yes. other key points that you want to mention around the benchmark? Well, once once you've registered the trademark, the important thing then is to make sure that you're protecting it. So uh, once that has you've gone through the process, and we'll discuss that shortly, mm -hmm. uh, it's important to draw up an IP register, and that's not only for trademarks. That that could relate to other IP you have, um, with uh, full details and renewal dates. So because a trademark is registered for ten years initially, and you have to then renew it every ten years. Mm. So uh, it's important to draw up that register. And then once you've done that, you need to have someone in your business to keep that register up to date and regular, regularly monitor possible infringement. Now, big companies have whole teams of people who trawl through um, you know, IP registers throughout the world to see whether their, their IP is being infringed. And I've had situations where I've had clients who've been approached by foreign companies who've said, you know, you're breaching our, our trademark and we've had to deal with that. So. Oh. The important thing there is to to have someone within your business, even a small business, and if mm -hmm. even if it's a one-person business, they need to be aware that every now and then they should be checking uh, certainly the IP Australia website to and doing searches to see whether someone might be out there trying to infringe their trademark yes. and then do something about it. Mm -hmm. So uh, assess, register. And then monitor. Really, I suppose you know, very simply put, is how you would uh, the benchmarks to keep in mind there. Yes. Yeah. The process itself um, is quite long-winded, uh, not necessarily overly complicated, but it takes a minimum of seven and a half months because Australia has to comply with certain international treaty obligations. But what I do is uh, there's a, a, a very basic initial application called the TM Head Start application, which enables you to, you, you lodge the application uh, and IP Australia come back to you within five business days to say whether it's a provisional, they're provisionally happy with it or not. Now, the beauty of that is that if the IP Australia isn't happy and they'll give you the reasons, mm -hmm. you can then either amend it um, uh, and I, if I can give you an example, I oh, had a yes. trademark a few years ago where uh, it, it comprised three words, and IP Australia came up with a, a I thought it was a somewhat different trademark, but I wasn't going to argue with them because um, it's easier to try and try and find a way around these situations. Yes. So what we did was we built um, a little castle around the words, and that then satisfied themselves that it was sufficiently distinctive oh. from the other trademarks. Mm -hmm. So we were able to then convert that to a full application and it went through. So uh, you you can either, either they'll give you a provisional yes, in which case you immediately convert it to a full application and that's when the clock, the seven and a half months clock starts ticking, or you can amend it, 
or in worst case scenario, you can withdraw altogether. And I've only ever had to do that once. Um, and uh, and your client hasn't run up, you know, a lot of spent a lot of money with with the trademark that's that's not going to fly with IP Australia or, mm-hmm. or infringes someone else's trademark. Now, once it's got past IP Australia, about five months later, they then uh, advertise it in the in their journal, and that's when third parties can come along and say, well, we we don't agree with it being registered because for for some reason or other. In other words, they may have a similar trademark and they're saying that it's it's a potential infringement. Now, if it isn't opposed at that stage, then as soon as the seven and a half months period is up, IP Australia will just register it for you. So it's a, as I say, time time wise it takes a while, but it doesn't necessarily need to be um, overly complicated. Mm. And I generally have a fairly good idea because I've done I've done the research and I've done the, the background searches. I normally have a fairly good idea of whether it's likely to be okay with IP Australia. Of course, nothing is uh, nothing is certain, and I've had the odd instance where IP Australia has come up with with some uh, rather obscure objection, which I've had to deal with. But mm. once you've got past IP Australia, the second part of the process, um, i.e., the uh, the advertisement for objections by third parties, they're only about between three and five percent of trademarks are opposed at that stage. So if you get past IP Australia, you've generally 95% there. It's at that stage that people normally say to me, can I start using the trademark? And I say, well, look, if it's got past IP Australia, it's a very calculated risk to actually go ahead and start trading with it. And I've had some clients who have, because there's always the possibility that someone will oppose it, but but it's a a fairly small possibility. Mm. And that's where you'll see often people will put... uh, uh, the the words TM after their trademark, which which is basically saying, look, it's in the application process, yes. but it hasn't been registered yet. And the difference between the little TM afterwards and the R in the circle is that the R in the circle means it's been registered. Yes, well, that makes sense. And, that's right. Now I now I recall seeing TM and then R, and and that's the difference. Yeah. Yes, and in fact, it's an offence in Australia to to put the R in a circle after your trademark if it hasn't actually been oh, registered. Oh, well, yes, that. There you go. Uh, and so, so that very basically is the process itself. And uh, as I say, I've, I've had a few situations where it's been opposed by IP Australia at the TM Head Start stage, and we've managed to get around them. Mm-hmm. And I know I found IP Australia, they're a very professional uh, bunch of people up there and, uh, and a pleasure to deal with. Of course, they come out with the usual response that you get from government departments that we can't give legal advice but if you ask them the right questions they'll they'll normally give you some sort of code to say go ahead it's it sounds like it's okay (laughs) i found them fairly you know i found them very helpful yeah and and very very professional so it's it's a, a nice area of law to deal with because they're very well trained people yes well, look, thank you so much, Harvey, for explaining that. I know that, you know, often in the, the profession of in law and, and commercial law and so forth, uh, when you hear people explain it, it can or other lawyers explain it, it you can kind of look at them and, and your eyes glaze it over. But I think how you explained it today make absolute sense. We know the absolute reason why, the benefit uh, of why we really do need to, to reach out to someone of yourself who's an expert in that area to support us because, yeah, if we're spending a lot of time 
time and money and resources to build up our brand, which we know is so important, you know, if we want to really stand out in a cluttered market marketplace. That that brand values. You said Google. How much is Google's brand worth or, or trademark? Well, back in two thousand and eleven, it was worth forty four billion US dollars. Go. That was the estimate. Yes. And at the time, that was twenty twenty seven percent of its actual value of the whole company so yeah that, that's obviously an extreme example but there are any number of valuable trademarks out there and i've dealt with a few where mm -hmm. um I've, I've pointed out to my clients that look you've been trading for a long time now um and you've you've really got a valuable unregistered trademark yes there. and and it's particularly important in a highly traded market so for example in, a, in an industry that's very highly traded so Absolutely. if you're a, an underwater pool cleaner then it's probably not as important as if you're uh, an estate agent, perhaps, which is a highly traded market. Keep that in mind if you're in one of those industries which is very highly traded and very competitive. It's, it's, it's even more important to make sure you've got your trademark registered. The other advantage of a trademark is it's not an overly expensive exercise to register one. It's not, uh, you know, patents, for example, can be, can be expensive. Uh, but it, it, it's not a, an overly expensive exercise to, to register your trademark. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's 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 very very important to to protect your brand. Oh, absolutely! And of course, if someone's not too sure, I mean, what we're going to do is just share in a moment, um, Harvey, how they can get in contact with you to, to have a conversation, and then obviously, um, you'll be able to advise them. And and I, I'm sure that um, you know the information that you'll be able to share with them will will just really re-emphasize that hey, if you've been trading for a while, there's nothing stopping you if it's not registered for someone else who is in your industry to think. I love it. It's not registered. Well, here we go. Here's an opportunity. And we do not want to ever find ourselves in, in that situation. So Harvey, just share with people, how can they get in contact with you? And uh, what's the best way? People can contact me either via my website, uh, which is www.boltlawyers.com.au. And that's B-O-W-L-T lawyers, one word, dot com dot A-U. Or by email on Harvey H A R V E Y at altlawyers.com.au. There's a lot of information available on my website as well. Fantastic. Thanks once again for coming on the show, Harvey. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And that brings us to the end of another show. I do encourage you to reach out to Harvey on his website. Now, if you do want to connect with Australia's foremost collective of business experts and thought leaders to SMEs, go to www.smart-connect.net.au. That's www.smart-connect.net.au.